Welcome to this GemTrain Autism Guidance presentation. We believe in connecting loving parents with beautiful children through inspiring training content. We understand how it can feel to have these challenges. Sometimes you can end up feeling so alone and overwhelmed. We know you love your child and we want to support you and help you overcome the challenges of autism. This free content is our gift to you. My name is Alan Hughes and I'm a life defense expert. So what I'm really interested in is stress redirection and how it works in, in life. Life defense is something that's really unique and it's something I've studied for about 35 years coming from a self-defense background and studying all over the world. I've taught martial arts for 35 years. So it matches up with what my life defense is. Yeah, I've taught it for about the same amount of time. I have multiple black belts or certificates and accomplishments of martial arts. My highest is in Wanjin Hapkido, which is a very, very, very small uh, group of martial arts. It's actually, uh, it comes from Korea and it's taught to special forces and secret service guys. And I have an advanced degree in that. That's a sixth degree black belt, if you, if you will, in Wanjin Hapkido. And then I have black belts, also master degrees in Taekwondo and advanced degrees in sword work also. What got me interested in life defense is that I'm studying all this stuff in self-defense and I'm thinking, okay, so an attacker's coming, they're doing a certain thing. How, how are we responding to this? We actually created a principle-based self-defense system first. We said in principle-based self-defense, you should be able to keep your center, be able to create space, diminish space, those types of things. So we started to teach by principles. Those principles we found were in everything. They weren't just in self-defense, they were in life. Any conflict has the same principles of self-defense or in self-defense or in life defense. I love the concept of life defense being in people's lives. And along with that, of course, families. I'm a father, I have eight children. I have 19 grandchildren, right? So I've got all these kids, but I've taught thousands of kids and lots and lots of, of parents in, this, in different situations of life stress. The reason I got into life defense is I was teaching all these people self-defense and I was teaching families self-defense. I'm a father, I have eight children, I have 19 grandkids, right? So I've taught thousands of kids and families and, and adults and we've taught them a lot of self-defense, but we started looking at the principles of life defense and we said, how can we use these principles in conflict to overcome conflict that we're having in our families and with our children in different situations? And that's where it really got fun. And the instructors started to say, well, do these principles work with my kids? How can I use self-defense principles in life, which became life defense? The translation of life defense and self de from self-defense to life defense is pretty much straight across. So when you have a concept of a person attacking you, it's attacking you, whether it's verbal, emotional, online, whatever that is. If you have a situation with a difficult child or something that's going on with a kid, right, that's an attack or a conflict on you. Basically, we are in conflict situations from the minute we wake up and even in sleep, really. The only way you can avoid conflict is to be in a black void with nothing around you, right? Otherwise, everything that is not you has a conflict with you. 
I love the sun. The sun can also give me a sunburn. I love the grass. I can also step on something in the grass and it causes issues with my foot, right? All of those things are conflict that happen in life. And so everything has conflict. Living life is being in conflict. One of the things that we do study and we're just fascinated with is stress redirection, right? You've got stress and historically people have said, okay, we gotta reduce stress because stress is, ah, it's killing us, right? It's cardiovascular, it's cardiopulmonary, all those different things. It's the number one killer on the planet, basically, with everything from heart disease and blood pressure and all the things that, that, it, that it actually attacks, right? So some people used to say, we've got to, and they still do, I've gotta reduce my stress. I'm stressed out, right? I've gotta reduce my stress. And so they talk about reducing stress, but if you reduce stress, to the nth degree, you basically do nothing. You just lie in bed and watch Netflix or something, you know, you just, it's just like that. So reducing stress basically takes all of the living out of life. You can't interact with anything unless you're willing to have some stress in conflict. Because remember, conflict, stress is actually dealing with conflict. Stress isn't the cause of itself, itself, and the result of itself. It's actually conflict that causes stress. And so when you're in any, any stress situation, you're gonna have that. You, if you reduce stress down to nothing, you're basically not living, you're dead. So that really doesn't work if you, if you really take that out that way. The other thing is people talk about stress management, right? So they're like, oh, I need to manage my stress. If I could only manage my stress, then things would be okay. So they take up extra golf sessions, yoga sessions, good things, right? They're diverting, they're doing whatever they can to be able to manage that stress. But the reality is stress issues keep going up and up and up and up. Things with anxiety and depression and all the issues that come with everything to do with stress. So basically what they're doing is they're managing something and treating it like it's the enemy. Like stress is bad and poison. And that's what we've been, we've been actually programmed to believe, that is poison. But the reality is it's not. It's understanding conflict and how you deal with conflict that really causes the stress in the first place. So instead of stress reduction, instead of stress management, we talk about stress redirection. Stress redirection is saying stress is actually a load or energy. It's an engineering type of uh, term for it, right? It's either a load on something or it's an energy. And if it's a load or energy, it can be redirected. It doesn't have anything to do with being good or bad. It's just an energy. So you have an issue, your kid's causing some issues, right? They're not really attacking you, but the things they're doing are putting you in a conflict situation, right? How they're acting, whatever's going on in that, in that scenario, right? Is causing what people would call stress, but it's really conflict. And so how you deal with that conflict, you don't want to eliminate it, right? You don't want to say, I want to reduce it to nothing, then you have no relationship. I don't want to manage it because then I just spend all my time managing Johnny or Susie, right? Instead, what I want to do is learn how to deal with the conflict so I can redirect that stress. That's what becomes powerful. I've had a lot of parents come to me and say, ah, how do I do this? How do we do this, Alan? How, how does this work? I've got kids and, and they're, they're causing all this ruckus in the house and, and my house is, is a duplex. And since it's right next door to another house, they're causing too much noise. And so I don't know how to, how to actually get them to calm down. 
I don't actually know how to get them to be quiet. How do I redirect that conflict or that stress that they're giving me, right? And I say the best way to do it is to deal with principles. So we're always talking about principles here. I've got, I've got something that, that we use all the time. We say rules were meant to be broken, but principles can never be broken because a principle just is. That's just the way it works. So Johnny, Susie, whatever, I'm sorry if anybody's got Johnny's or Susie, Mike, and whatever, Cindy. They're, they're causing a bunch of noise. They're doing a bunch of things. They're causing this disruption. And you say, the rule is that you can't be noisy. You can't make any noise because our neighbors are, they hear you and it's keeping them up at night and it's causing problems. They're coming over and they're giving us a lot of grief about it. So you can't do that. You can't be noisy. You have to be quiet. Well, you just made a rule. Now in the principles, right, that rule can be broken all the time. What happens if somebody runs into your house and starts stealing stuff? Or somebody sneaks in when you're not looking and starts to grab Johnny or Susie or Cindy or Tommy or whatever. They start grabbing them and they're pulling them out. You want them to be quiet? No, you want them to make noise. So the principle is actually, the rule is meant to be broken. You say, you should yell, you should scream, you should cause a problem, you should be loud. Well, you're telling them that it's okay to break the rule, right? All of a sudden there's all these rules that are either kept or broken. In life defense and the things that we talk about and how we deal with things, we always deal with principles. So the principle is be safe, be appropriate, right? We're gonna be safe or be appropriate. Now, maybe your child says, well, appropriate is loud. I'm just loud or I'm gonna be loud or maybe they don't even make that decision, they're just loud and that's what happens. In the speaking of this with them, the principle is life force. So what you're saying is to Susie or Johnny, you're saying, Guess what, our neighbors, you're actually making it so that their life isn't as good because you're doing this. You're actually causing a lot of these things that they, they, they can't concentrate, they can't live their life. So you're taking their life force, how are you gonna give that back to them? Can you give them their life force back? Well, I can't do that. Well, can you go over and weed their garden? You know, let's not as a punishment, let's just do it because what we're doing is we're actually saying, it's life force, let's give them back some of our life force so that they can deal with what they're, they, the loss of their life force, right? So we're dealing with principles and principles are always the thing that we're talking about in life defense. We're talking about creating space, we're talking about disruption, we're talking about redirection, we're talking about life force. Because when you talk about self-defense, you have to talk about life. So you have to talk about life force. When I say life force, what we're really talking about is there's only so many hours and so many days and so many weeks that a person is on the planet. That's just it. We don't know what it is, they die, whatever. But that's, the life, that's their life force time that they have on the planet. So when you're talking about life force, you're talking about uh, even money. Money is life force because you have an exchange of my time given for money or you have it as time. And basically, people have only so much time. So if you take somebody's time, if you're using somebody's time for something else, then you're actually stealing their life force. That's what's happening. When you're explaining things about life defense, always stay in the principal realm. Now, I'm, I'm always fascinated for the ability for young children to actually understand complex processes and complex situations. You think that they don't, 
you think, they're too young, they couldn't understand that. And yet, time and time again, when you explain it in a very simple way, this principle. So let me give you an example, right? You've got, you've got um, somebody that is pushing someone else. So Johnny is pushing Mike, Mikey. So Johnny is pushing Mikey. Well, the principle here is he shouldn't be doing that. That's, you know, that's wrong. That's against the rules, right? You could say that's against the rules, but then you have to have all these rules around this. Instead, just have a principle. Johnny, create space. When you create space, you are safer. That's just the way self-defense and life defense works, right? If I'm close to someone in a real self-defense situation, they can stab me, they can punch me, they can kick me, they can grab me, they can throw me down. The further I get away, the harder it is for them to do that. To the point of, if I'm far enough away, they could shoot a gun and probably miss me because I'm just too far away. Or if I'm on the other side of the globe, a nuclear explosion doesn't even, I don't even know what happened, right? So creating space is a principle. Johnny, create some space. Remember we talked about creating space. That's a principle. You create space, the bad things don't necessarily happen because it's too far away. That's a very simple concept, but it's a principle. The further you are away from things, generally, in a principle, the better and safer you're gonna be. Now, we always talk about the 90% rule. Is it okay if I bring that up? The 90% rule is this. We're going to say that these principles are universal and they go through everything in time and space and, and that's just how they are. That's probably true. However, we're gonna also allow for the doubters, right? People will say, I don't know because in this space-time continuum of a black hole, it doesn't apply. Okay, great, you have a black hole and you have a space-time continuum, but most of the time it applies, a principle works the same way. So what we call that is the 90% rule. 90% of the time it works for 90% of the people in 90% of situations against 90% of attackers or conflicts or things that happen. So when we start talking about this, 90% of the time it's better for Johnny to be creating space if Mikey is pushing him, it just is. And very small children understand create space. They understand a lot of these principles and that's how that works. The question gets asked, how do you preserve a relationship while redirecting? The answer to that question is simple. This isn't, even though it's based on combat and it's based on self-defense and it's based on things that people do in a real conflict situation of life and death, it doesn't have to be a real situation of life and death. It's actually just relational. Everything we do is relational. We do it all the time. Hey, look over there. Oh, I just redirected you, right? That's, that's what I did. H has anybody ever played that trick on you? Where they, where they tap you on the wrong shoulder and you turn the wrong way, or they point over a certain direction and you look? Made you look, right? Okay, it's just a relationship. That's all it is. And understanding that all these things we do in life defense are not combative, they're actually the opposite of combative. They're actually relational. So everything we do is to create a better relationship. If you understand that if you allow Johnny or Susie or Mikey or Tommy to do something over and over again, and you're just managing it over and over again or reducing it, you don't have a good relationship. If you use the, instead, I'm gonna redirect this situation now we're looking at flowers. Now we're talking to the dog. Now we're walking down the street. Now we're doing this. Wow, 
And there's no discussion of right, wrong, rules, I told you so, any of that stuff, right? There's no reducing it. There's no managing it. It just has to do with the relationship. So the relationship becomes harmonious. That's what this is all about. Everything we do is based on relationship. Everything in life defense is based on relationship. A redirection is a relationship. That's all it is. All right, so in explaining this life force thing, this, you think, possibly in your mind, you're going through this scenario of, ah, it's a little complex. How do I get this across to my child? How does that actually work? The thing that everyone needs to do is to understand this is a beautiful game of life that you're playing. So whenever something happens, it's not Johnny, Susie, Mikey, Tommy, you just disrupted the life force, you stole life force from the neighbor, we're gonna go do this to restore the life force. No, that's not how it works. It's like this, oh, this is amazing, Tommy. Oh, this is so great, I love doing this. We're gonna do some life force. We actually are gonna go over to the neighbors because remember how we were being noisy this morning? Well, they came over and they said that, that we woke them up. So we, we took some of their life force. This is so great, we get to go and restore it together. I love this, this is great. And it becomes a positive thing. I actually have kids say, instead of, oh, they don't say, oh, we're doing life force. They're like, okay, we're doing life force. We're redirected into life force. You find kids doing positive things. Parents have to have this enrollment type of uh, personality, right? You have to be able to, to get enrolling about what you're doing. You say, hey, this is amazing. We're going to go do this life force thing. You have to truly believe that it's amazing. You have to say for the hundredth time, this is an amazing thing we're gonna to do together. And I love it. And then they start to get it. It takes a little time, but which is worse? Tommy, stop doing that. You've got to stop doing that. You need to stop doing that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're making, oh no, the neighbor's coming over again. See what you made me do. Whew, that's just got a lot in it, right? And Tommy's feeling attacked himself, actually. He's feeling that way. But when you say, Tommy, we lost some life force with our neighbor this morning. We woke him up a little early. We're gonna go pick up his dog poop in his yard. Whatever that is, and it's cool. We're gonna do it together. I love giving people back their life force. Then Tommy goes, I love giving life force back. That makes sense. It's their life force. I'm a good person. I'm, I'm restoring that. I'm integrous in what I do. I'm a part of this whole relationship with my neighbor. This is great. I understand that. Then when you're in public maybe, and maybe Susie pushes something over or, or she breaks something. Oh, 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 okay, all right. So we've got some life force here. How are we gonna restore that? How, how do you wanna do it? This is gonna be great. It becomes a positive example of living life by principles. The principle is that, guess what folks? We're teaching ourselves this. We don't do this. Most people don't think of stealing people's life force. They just think that somebody didn't like something they did or somebody's too grumpy or somebody should have gotten up earlier in the morning instead of sleeping in and I disrupted them so now I hate them. I hate my neighbors instead of, oh wow, I woke my neighbor up, I mowed my lawn too early. I gotta restore some life force. Mike, let's go and let me, let me help you do this. I, I really wanna restore some of this life force to you. That's how we should be. Now we're not like that, but if we can teach 
our generations that come after us to be that way, we're actually actually internalizing it in ourselves. We're doing it for ourselves at the same time. And it becomes this beautiful relational thing, right? All of a sudden, that's really a true principle. That really works 90% of the time for 90% of the people in 90% of circumstances, right? That's, that's how that works. Most of the time it is right. One of the reasons I'm doing this course, one of the reasons I'm actually putting it out there, by the, you probably know that, that I'm just donating my time for this, is I believe in this. I believe that there's a lot of parents or maybe couples or people that have people in their lives that maybe think a little differently or act a little differently or have been tough to deal with that could use some of these principles. I am giving back. I am giving life force. And let me tell you, I got a lot of life force that I've got to recoup in my life, right? I've, got to, I've, I've done a lot of things that have offended other people, caused people to lose life force, and I'm willing to do that. Somehow it balances out the universe, makes me happier, makes them happier, makes everything work better. It's just how it works. We hope you're enjoying this GemTrain Autism Guidance presentation. We invite you to help this important effort continue by becoming a patron of GemTrain on Patreon. By joining, you will get access to new and exclusive content and get to offer your ideas for future content. You can find the link in the description or simply search for GemTrain on Patreon today. All right, so getting a little bit more serious and down to earth on this, this concept, right? You wake up in the morning, you're a parent, you open your eyes and you realize you're living the next day. And the last day and the day before maybe were tough. And you know that there's a good chance that something's gonna happen in your day today that is not optimal, that isn't all happy and good and things going well for you. What do you do? What are the skills that you need? So this is, this is self-care stuff, right? This is how I self-care. Now, one of the things that we, we do, a lot of people do mindfulness breathing, and I want you to do some mindfulness breathing. I think that's the first thing. You wake up, you need to get some oxygen in, you need to clear your mind, you need to do that. We do that before we do any of our serious practice that we do in self-defense or when we're practicing some of these scenarios. It's really important to do that. Do some box breathing. If you don't know what it is, it's four counts in, hold four counts, exhale four counts, nothing four counts, and do that several times. Focus and clear your mind, really important. I'm not teaching you anything that you can't get from a yoga video or a Navy SEALs guide or anything like that. They all do the same thing. That's where this stuff comes from. What I am gonna give you though is something that you can look forward to using throughout your day, and that's conflict breathing. So it's a little bit different. Box breathing, or this kind of four count breathing, it actually comes from yoga originally. Now Navy SEAL team guys use it, lots of people use it in crisis situations. Have you ever been in a situation where something starts to happen and you go, I got a box breathe. Okay, four counts in, hold, four counts out, out, I'll go four counts in. Meanwhile, something's going on. Your kid's over there knocking things down, people are screaming, yelling, you're doing box breathing. Not working real well, right? Instead, conflict breathing is something you just do. So picture yourself going through a scenario where something isn't working quite right and something is a little bit on the conflict side and then just breathe through it. I'm just breathing through it. Now how you practice that 
So the conflict breathing happens just in the moment. You can do it in the middle of combat. In the middle of combat, if somebody has you on the ground and they're pounding your head in, you're not doing box breathing. You're just surviving. But what you do have to do is you have to breathe. And so this conflict breathing concept comes from the same area of controlling your breath. But basically what it means is just breathe. The first thing you should do is just breathe. The way you can practice that, you're going down the road, somebody pulls out in front of you, what's the first thing everybody does? <gasps> they hold their breath and then they curse and curse and curse and curse or something like that. Or signal them the Hawaiian peace sign or whatever that is, whatever your, your style is. But what they should be doing is breathing. So what you've got to get used to is conflict breathing. Whenever something starts to happen, start to breathe. I'm not talking about meditating in the corner with box breathing. I'm actually talking about literally when Susie starts having a meltdown, don't start doing box breathing because it might be in the middle of a store. You've got to breathe through it. Then you've got to disrupt, then you've got to redirect, then you've got to, and meanwhile you're breathing. I was in a car coming back from an event recently, and it was night, and it was one of those nights where it's really dark. There were a lot of clouds. Little, I think it was a little rainy even. And they, on the freeway, they decide to do this from time to time, right? They, they block off lanes. So all of a sudden they're blocking off lanes and you can barely see where you're driving. It's really dark and there's rain and people are stopping and a lot of things are happening. I'm talking to one of my business associates and a guy that's a doctor in the car and we're, we're going down the road and we're talking, talking, talking and somebody pulls over right in front of me, just, just as fast as they can. And me, I continue the conversation, and this and this and this and this, and I'm around that car. After I get past that car, the doctor said, wait a minute, you gotta stop for just a minute. You realize what just happened? That car, you could have rear-ended that car. That car was really close. You did what I hear you saying I need to do in crisis situations. You just kept breathing. You actually kept talking through the breath never mentioned it, it was by and you were by the car. You redirected yourself through understanding that. Now, the only way you get to that is to practice it. Got news for you, anything you really wanna learn, you gotta practice. So you can say, oh, I got it. I'm supposed to breathe when things go wrong. And Johnny does something, you're like, oh, don't do that. Susie does something, you're like, oh no, you stop breathing. No, what you've got to do is you've got to think, I drop the spoon on the counter, breathe, pick it up. Johnny starts to move funny like he's going to run into the next room, but he doesn't, and I just breathe and redirect him or whatever that is. And then when you get in the real tough things that happen in the middle of the department store at the baseball game or whatever, guess what you're doing? You're just breathing and going through it. You can't stop in a baseball game when Johnny starts having a meltdown and he's hitting the bat on the ground over and over again and start doing box breathing while everybody's staring at Johnny and people are yelling and screaming. You gotta do something. That's why conflict breathing works so well because it's natural. You just say, right now I'm in a conflict, I'm in a conflict situation. Johnny is having a meltdown, and guess what? I practiced this when I dropped the spoon the other day. I practiced it when he kind of went into the other room and I was wondering what he was doing. 
I practice this just visualizing what my day would be. I just breathe. And then that becomes really usable breath. Because guess what you gotta do? You gotta get oxygen into your system. Oxygen makes it so that you can make the motions. You can get out there at home plate and you can get Johnny in a situation and redirect him so that you can get that taken care of. It gives you the breath to be able to talk to the people that are yelling and screaming at Johnny, right? Got it, got it, okay, good, thank you very much. Hey, can you guys look over here and boom, right? I've done that. Instead of losing it. Now, when you wake up in the morning and you open your eyes and you do some box breathing, don't forget throughout your day, every time, every time something a little conflict happens, which is a little stress, conflict is stress, remember stress isn't stress, it's actually conflict that creates stress, creates that load and energy, just breathe through it. And the more you practice it with the little things, the more you'll be able to do it with the big things, the big meltdowns, all the things that happen when you don't expect it. And pretty soon you'll find yourself driving down the road and redirecting your own stress, your own conflict, your own load and energy. All right, this is how this would play out, right? You're in a situation, Johnny is at home plate, something didn't go the way he thought it should, and boom, 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 he's hitting the bat on home plate and won't get off of home plate. People are yelling, get off the field, la, 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 la. What are your choices, right? What really are your choices? Johnny, get off the field, I told you to get off the field, right? That doesn't work, okay? Everybody shut up, what are you doing? You're gonna cause this issue. That doesn't work. But what does work is you gotta breathe first. The reason I know that is because I've been attacked many, many, many times. I've had lots of big people beat me up and I know that the one thing that can save my life is breathing. So as soon as that happens, the first thing that should happen is I'm breathing. <sighs> Hang on, Johnny, here I come. You're not sitting there doing box breathing. I'm not expecting you to stand in the, to sit down in the stands in lotus position, close your eyes and start humming a mantra and breathing, box breathing. Ain't gonna work for Johnny. Not gonna work, sorry. You might think it would be really cool and it might be really cool to watch that, but it's not really gonna help Johnny. What you have to do is get in motion. Now you're in conflict. You've got a conflict situation going on. You're actually in a little scenario of combat. That's what's going on. There's something happening. People are acting aggressive. They're going against what Johnny's doing and Johnny's not having very much of it. It's causing more problems, right? The only, ch the only chance you have, the only thing that you can really do is breathe. So you stand up, you breathe, you keep breathing. As you're approaching, you breathe out words like, hey Johnny, let's look over here, let's see this. Or, whoa, have you noticed this? Wow, and thank you very much, right? You're doing that as you're talking to parents, as you're walking through the stands, as you're giving the hand to the umpire that's trying to yell in your face, as you're focusing on Johnny getting his attention and getting his eyes. All of those things are happening as you're breathing. You have no other choice. Here's why I know the true principle is if you stop breathing, you pass out in the stands. Worst case scenario, you go, oh, oh no, here, oh. You go, oh no, here he goes, and you stop breathing, and you pass out, Johnny doesn't get helped. Well, that's the most extreme case thing that I can think of to say, 
But the reality is that's what most parents do. They go, they hold their breath, they don't breathe, they start to panic, and the first thing that comes out is, shut up, don't you understand what you're doing? You gotta be whatever. Or at Johnny, don't do that, Johnny, I told you not to do that, you can't do that. That doesn't work, none of that stuff works. Seen it many, many, many times. Had many, many, we used to teach a lot of, we'd have a lot of kids and families, and we still have some really great families that actually train in life defense and in self-defense. A lot more adults now, a lot more instructors, a lot more people as we, as we bring our program out and we're doing our program. And guess what? Some of, those inst- some of those instructors that we have are my old kids, and they were those kids. So you might be thinking, you don't know what you're talking about. You might be saying, ah, Alan Hughes doesn't know, he's never been in this situation, been there, done that. I've had kids that would not come on the floor. I've had kids that sat in a chair and hummed to themselves. And within a few weeks, they were defending themselves against adults. On the floor, on the mat. That's amazing, right? But that's actually how this stuff works. Because it makes sense to kids. It makes sense to anyone. Kids are really pure. I don't know if you've understood this yet or if you've had this situation yet, but when you tell a kid a lie, they get it right away. Yeah, they get it. They understand there's something that's not right with what you're saying. But when you tell them the truth, and this is just how it works, and this is how it works, they get it. So when you have a kid that hums on the side of the the mat, won't come on the mat, won't have anything to do with it, and within three weeks he's defending himself against an adult on the mat. That says something. Or, I've got an instructor that when he was in a a testing cycle, he was a kid, and he's in his testing cycle, and he freaks out because he wasn't the number one testing candidate. He didn't get the number one spot crying on the floor, crying, crying in the corner. His mom comes and rocks him while he cries. Didn't really work in that scenario, but we just kept redirecting and redirecting. And and about that time next year, um, I was talking to him. So actually, I got to go back. So the kid's rocking himself on the floor. He's not having a good day. He, He comes into my office a few weeks later and he says, I'm really having a tough time at school. The kids are putting me in the wood chips. Putting you in the wood chips, what does that mean? How is, your, how is it going at school? Well, they're putting me in the wood chips. What are the wood chips? I guess that they had a bunch of piles, mountains of wood chips that were at the school that they were doing some sort of landscaping with. And the kids were burying him in the wood chips. And he was in tears. He was really having a rough time. This was really tough for him. I can see where that would be really tough. Not only is he a little bit, maybe a little bit sensitive to some things, but he's also getting buried. He's getting bullied, not just being the situation that he's in. So we talk through it. We discuss the principles. We discuss training. We discuss all of those things. A year later, he's on the mat with me, getting a very advanced degree for a little kid. And as he's going for his brown belt, I say, I tie the belt, brown belt on him and I say, so are they still putting you in the wood chips? And he says, oh yeah, 
I forgot. All of a sudden, all of that training had replaced his experience of being put in the wood chips. Didn't completely forget it, he just wasn't at the front of his mind anymore. But doing these things where you learn how to breathe through stuff, where you learn how to redirect, where you learn how to use these principles, it just works because it's relational and it has to do with conflict. And we're all having conflict all the time. Some of you might be thinking, this is some sort of denial. This is some sort of, I'm just denying that there's an issue here, that Mikey has an issue. I'm just denying it. I'm not paying attention to it. I'm, I'm just, oh, it just really didn't happen. That's not what redirection is. Redirection basically takes all of the force and power of that thing that's going on and redirects it into something that is positive. Think about that. It is just energy. And if we're dealing with load and energy, all we're doing is redirecting that energy into something positive. That's what we all do. That's, what, that's the way people that are healthy live their lives. They continually, they're not denying themselves of something or they're not denying that there's an issue. They're just not, they're just not giving it any power. Now, the reason that I know that this is a true principle, it's a 90% rule. Hopefully you remember the 90% rule by now, right? It has to do with attackers. So think about it. If an attacker throws me down on the ground, starts rustling around and I redirect them into another scenario, into another thing where I can escape by creating space, disrupting, creating space, redirection, all those principles, do, am I denying that I was attacked? No. I'm actually actively involved in the solution of the issue. Now, once I've got this redirected, I can do something with it. If it's an attacker, I can create space. If it's some, one of my kids, I've, I've got a kid that's doing that and I'm redirecting them. Now I've got their attention. Now we can talk about life force. I can't talk about life force. Well, Johnny's got the bat and he's hitting home plate with it. I can't talk about life force then. Hey, Johnny, life force. Here we go, we're talking about life force. No, that doesn't work. But if I've redirected that energy, now he's in a better place, he's in a better situation, he's in the listening. Now he can hear what I'm actually saying. And maybe that takes a few times to hear that. But the redirection makes it possible, just like the attacker. Think about it. I'm not convincing that, hey, Mr. Attacker, you're taking somebody down to the ground. You've got a, a 120 pound woman that you're attacking and assaulting on the ground. And she's trying to explain to him that you're bad, this is taking my life force, and you don't understand what you're doing. That's not how you handle that situation. You gotta redirect it. You gotta create space, you gotta disrupt it. You have gotta do all of those things with principles, and then you decide how you're gonna deal with it. Then you have the choice. You really don't have the choice in the moment because they're not listening anyway. Let's talk about a, a little bit about redirecting your feelings around all this stuff. You have this happen to you. Now my son or daughter is in this situation and it's gonna be their life. It's gonna be different. That's all it's gonna be, it's just different. I have instructors that are completely deaf. Oh no, they can't hear. They can't hear anything. How can they function? How is their life gonna be? 
How are they gonna make their living? It's no different than Spectrum or a situation that's different like that. They're just different. And I have instructors that are kick butt at what they do. In everything in life, they can't hear a thing. I have people that have come in in wheelchairs that have no use of their body. And they're amazing. And I teach them all these things. We can, we can look at life any way we want. If we redirect and say, what is the positive thing that we can look at? What are the capabilities of my son or daughter? Now all of a sudden, the possibilities are limitless. We've got great examples of that, right? We've got scientists that, that, that can't even move their hands or arms or anything, or, or move their body, or they're paralyzed from the, from the neck down, that discover black holes, and we've got situations of people that, that do amazing things. People without legs that run faster than people with legs now, because they've got the special legs that they put on. They can run faster than me. They don't have legs. So what is the thing that we can redirect in our viewpoint of all this? How can we redirect it and say, Johnny is beautiful. Susie is amazing. Everyone loves Mikey. This is how this looks for Alan. This is where we can redirect what we're feeling and actually take that energy that's the load and the energy that you're experiencing instead of trying to diminish it down to nothing. So this would be an example, right? You're in a situation where you've just found out. Whatever that condition is, you've just found out. Boom, it hits you. Now you have the choice. As it's hitting you, you can reduce it, sort of like denial, right? Oh, it's not, it's not a big thing. Uh, it, we're just gonna kind of ignore it a little bit and it'll get better, I think, through time, but we're gonna really reduce it. We're gonna reduce all the things that we can about it. Okay, good luck. It exists, it's gonna happen. Or we're gonna manage it. Now we're gonna manage it. We can manage this. This tough thing, we're stronger than this. We're bigger than this. We're braver than this. We can manage this. We can manage this situation. Good luck with that also, because then it's just a tug of war, right? Which one's gonna win? The thing, the condition, the way you deal with it, forcing the rules to happen, forcing these things to happen, managing it. Or you can choose to redirect it, and you can say, my life with my son or daughter is different, and it's beautiful, and I'm gonna redirect to that, and I'm gonna to redirect to all the things that they can do, all the things that they can be, all the things that they're going to accomplish in their life. I am so excited. This is such a great thing. Now, most people probably don't think that way, but that's actually still talking about this life force thing. That's actually how you deal with stuff like this, right? And I know this for a fact because I know people that have been attacked, that have been raped, that have been assaulted, and they made something amazing out of their life. And I know people that have had the same thing happen and it's destroyed their life. You get to choose. Either choose a life defense course, a life defense course of life, or choose to be, diminish it choose to reduce that stress or that conflict, choose to manage that, those feelings, or just redirect them. It's always your choice. It's not what happens to you that's always your choice, but it's how you deal with it is always your choice, always. 
So redirecting becomes the thing, right? The more we are able to redirect energy that is coming down on us as a load or as a conflict or a situation that's combative in any way, the more we redirect that, the more we accomplish in our life. Over and over again, right? Viktor Frankl, this is a great example. Viktor Frankl, uh, Man's Search for Happiness, I think that's what the book's called, right? He was a concentration camp survivor. I don't think it can get much worse than that in some scenarios. He actually moved that, he redirected that into becoming, becoming an amazing speaker and writer and thought leader in this concept of loving his attackers, completely redirecting this. Most people would say, I hate my attackers. I want to kill my attackers. That's not redirection. That's some sort of control or some sort of reduction. It doesn't have to do with redirecting. Redirecting is I'm taking it and I'm making it into something beautiful. And look at all the lives that he's affected. Look at all the things that he's done. Time and time again, right, we see these, these situations. There's, there's a guy that he was the highest ranking um, officer shot down in the Vietnam War, I believe. And he was shot down early in the war. He became a pr prisoner in a Viet Vietnam, Vietnamese prison camp. And as people came in through the years, came in, and he'd have younger guys that would come in and die. They'd get shot down, they'd die. They'd get captured, they'd come in and die. And he said the only thing that was different between him and them was that he said they would come in and they would say, I'm getting out by Christmas. They will not keep me in here past Christmas. And Christmas would come and go and they'd lose hope and they'd get sick and die. They'd get beaten and they'd get starved and they'd get diseased and they'd die. I'm getting out by next year. Nobody's holding me in this place. I hate this situation. I'm out of here. Same thing. That time would come, they'd die. He survived it because he said, I'm getting out of here. It doesn't matter when, I'm just getting out of here. And he survived it. So it's what you do with anything in your life that really counts, right? In combat, we deal with this all the time. In self-defense, we deal with this all the time. It's not so much what happens to you, it's how you deal with it that really counts. You might be thinking, tried that, tried that, tried that, fail, 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 over and over again. We also talk about how failure is the only way to true success. Nothing is created without failure. I train my instructors to fail quickly and as fast as they can because that's the only way you can get to the right answer. Things don't work always the first time or the second time or the third time. That's why you gotta stay in the game. That's why you don't lose that edge of, I'm doing this till something works. Failure is part of the process of perfection into what you're doing. So whatever you're doing, don't give up. Keep failing because you will succeed eventually. In this discussion of stress redirection, it's vastly important to not understate what this can do. Actually, what you're doing is what everyone needs to do. Everyone needs to take this conflict and redirect it. People don't deal with conflict well, and the reason they don't deal with it well is they don't practice it. They don't train in it. They don't have those principles. So when you don't have principles of something, you come up against it and boom, it's like getting hit over and over again. 
Why is my life so stressful? You don't understand everything about my life stressful. When I my drive to work stressful, my relationship with my coworkers is stressful, my job stressful, my cat stressful. You don't understand it, but the reality is everyone has conflict in their life. Even the most harmonious person has some sort of conflict. If it's outside of you and it's interacting with you and your relationship, you're going to have conflict. All that life defense does is recognize that conflict exists, recognize that it is the cause of stress and take that load of stress and that energy and redirecting it into something positive. If people would just do that, we're talking big stuff. We're talking redirecting the hunger of the world, right? Because there's a lot of stored energy in conflict. They're just not doing it. They're trying to reduce it and they're trying to manage it. Most people try to reduce it and they try to manage it. What we're saying is just redirect it. But you got to have the principles to be able to do that and you got to practice them. And that's how it works. As a parent, I just want you to know my heart's going out to you. I've had a lot of things happen in my life. I've lost members of my family. I've had situations that have been really tough. And dealing with this is something that we really care about. Now I might say to you, I hope that this will help you. In our in our training system, we actually have a saying, hope is not a good plan. And the reason we say that is not to lose hope, but it really takes practice. It really takes a real effort of training to learn anything. So that's why I'm saying from my heart, don't just hope, do something. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation and that you feel our sincere desire to help you overcome the challenges of autism. We invite you to help this important effort continue by becoming a patron of GemTrain on Patreon today. By joining, you will get access to new and exclusive content and get to offer your ideas for future content. You can find the link in the description or simply search for GemTrain on Patreon. A better relationship is waiting and we're glad we can be a part of your success.